She's the designer of the development of the South Carolina Lupus Registry, creator of Live Love Lab, its only lupus community, author of Diary of a Mad Lupus Patient, a PatientsLikeMe.com team of advisors member, TEDx speaker, and a lupus empowerment guide, activist, and advocate. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join her newsletter for free health and living with lupus resources at thelupusliar.com. Helena J.H. Johnson, The Lupus Liar, conversations with lupus unscripted. All right, we are live. If anybody's out there that can let me know if you hear us okay, because um, we're going to have a nice, candid conversation. Yes, yes. Yay, yay, yay. Okay, um, oh, I put myself in here a little bit, too, so they can see me conversating with you. Now, um, a while back, I had an opportunity to, um, oh, let me turn loose a little bit. Getting adjusted here. We, we decided to be outside and just enjoy this fresh air. A while back, I had an opportunity to do a longer conversation Hello, with Dad. you. <laughs> and um, so we're going to do a shortened version. I'm Helena, Helena, the lupus liar. And we've got... Tanisha Smalls, lupus survivor. That's right, that's right. And both of us are survivors, but she's surviving a little bit more than me right now. <laughs> and I'm just excited because the last time I had a chance to speak with you, we, were, we had a longer conversation. Right. And the longer conversation, for those who weren't with us that, that hasn't seen that yet, it has not been released yet, but it will be released. So you want to be on aware of that. And that longer conversation is something that I'm going to have the opportunity to use with the universities as we talked more in depth about what you were going through and um, some of the things that you were concerned about. Correct. Concerned about. But this chance right here... I'm getting the update. I'm getting the. We're all getting the update, y'all. We're getting the update. First time. All right. So I I got an exclusive. That's why y'all are seeing this right now on the front porch here, um, at home. So I'm excited. So let me let you tell them what the exclusive is because that's really going to jumpstart our conversation. And again, this is a conversation unscripted. There's no practice stuff. We're just talking. We want to talk about lupus and what it does and how how we feel about it. So Tanisha, let's give us all the news here. Hi, Facebook Live. Well, um, as many of you know, um, I have been diagnosed with lupus since 2003. Um, many of you do know that um, right now I'm currently in need of a kidney, and I need a kidney transplant. However, many of you do not know that as of August the 1st, um, I started dialysis. Um, I'm currently doing peritoneal dialysis, which means... I have a catheter in my abdomen, which I do my dialysis every night, eight and a half hours a night. So I've been really struggling with that. Um, this is the first time I'm telling, well, I'm telling the world now, telling but world, wow. many of my family members do know what I have been going through. It has been a struggle. It's been very frustrating, but I know at the same time, um, God is still good and it's going to be okay. But I am doing dialysis. So I just want you all to know that lupus is real and this is a real disease. Things happen. Never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would have been on dialysis. But I am. Um, I hate it, but it's also saving my life. So I have a love-hate relationship 
with this whole dialysis thing. But I know in due time, I am going to get a kidney and I am going to get a transplant so I can be able to live longer and a healthier life. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. We'll probably see some questions in a few um, for you to have stated that that right now the whole world knows and your family right. that you are on dialysis. Can you, I know a little bit because of what, you, what you've told me in the past, why it ended up being that you're now on dialysis. Mm -hmm. So you, you had someone in the family that you thought might have been a match. Right. Okay. I understand. And so now, because that person's not a match, the, the doctors felt that the best choice, or the best decision right now was dialysis. Was well, there any way around it? Well, Somewhere? no, it didn't really go like that. What happened was, before I even started with the whole transplant thing, before I got to the point where I was actually really, really sick and really couldn't do anything for myself, my nephrologist decided that it was best to go ahead and start me on dialysis. Okay. Once I started the dialysis, then I started the whole process with the whole kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been a roller coaster. And... I know I put on Facebook a couple of weeks ago that my mom was a match, and she was a match. However, there are more tests that you have to go through to determine if you're able to go through the process. Unfortunately, at this time, they determined that she is not a good candidate for me due to some tests that she had done, and they were not up to their standards. That does not mean that she's not healthy enough. It just means that they have certain numbers and values that you have to meet and meet and if you don't meet those numbers then they disqualify you and you have to move on to the next candidate mm -hmm. so unfortunately at this time I'm back to square one with wow. finding a kidney donor so if there's anybody that would like to donate would like to even mm -hmm. just register to be a donor not just donate to me but you know give a life to save a life you know and it's really important that you know when you get your license or whatever that you register to be a donor and you never know when it might be somebody in your family you never know when it might be your child your children so that's just something to think about you know be an organ donor and it's so funny um i constantly read when they talk about facts when it comes to donors is that in the African American community, we're probably the least likely to definitely donate. Right. But the is that, but it doesn't matter what color you are. Right. A kidney is a kidney. A kidney is a right? kidney. Right? A kidney is my a kidney. Time, I'm willing to take anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a kidney is a kidney, and that's so important to realize. Right. To realize. And, um, you know, just hearing that, I'm not even going to say the words that I, I know all of us are so used to hearing, like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Oh, no, don't be. Guess what? We're trying. Exactly. We're trying. Exactly. We're exactly. taking that step, and we're trying. Right. So let's go next. Right. Let's do next. Let's just go next. Yeah, it let's is just go next. Mm -hmm. There's no, I don't want a pity party. There's no need for me to sit around and what the could have been, should have been. Mm -hmm. God knows I wish my mom would have been able to do it because that would have been like the mm -hmm. perfect match. But, you know, we just go on to the next person and hopefully, you know, we, I'll find a kidney soon. Yeah. You know, it's so funny you say it like that because I know it's a lot on the family too. Our families are indirect. Because they want the best for us. Right. They want, oh, I don't want anything to happen to you and things like that. How do you handle that part? Like like now, now that you said this right here live, <laughs> that, and everybody else is getting ready to find out on both of our lives, Facebook uh, feeds right now. How do you handle when they all want to call and they, they, they want to help? They want to do something, but the only thing we know how to do is like when someone passed or something. Yeah. The only thing we know how to do is say it's going to be all right and things like that. How do you handle it when that relative or that person come up to you and they're like, oh, 
<laughs> well, first and foremost, Put I have to really, really thank God for my family. Um, my family has been so supportive, both sides of my family. Um, my immediate family, you know, my family and the smallest family have been really supportive in all of this. Um, so, you know, when they come, of course, they try to, you know, they make sure that I'm well. I have plenty of family members who call me and check up on me, like, you know, ask me, do I need anything? So the support is definitely there. That's not a problem. That's the support, support is not a problem. But, you know, a lot of them know that I'm strong and they just tell me, you know, stay strong. You know, you're strong. You can handle it. You know, but most of them know that I don't want a pity party. I just yeah. want to fit in with everybody else. I want to do the same things as everybody else, but some things I can't do. Um, and like I was saying, stating earlier, you know, the dialysis has really put a strain like on my whole lifestyle, my whole schedule, like eight and a half hours a night, I have to hook up to a machine, you know, start and depending on what time, you know, like say for instance, my kids have to be up like 5.45, I have to make sure that I'm on that machine in order enough, you know, in time enough to get my kids up for school. When my husband is home, I don't have to hook up as early. So, you know, I can't go out and everything is on a time schedule, basically. Everything is on a time schedule because I have to get my dialysis. I it cannot go without my dialysis. So it definitely changed my life. And when I, you know, if I do go without it, of course, I'm going to feel bad the next day or two days later. So I definitely try not to skip dialysis or, you know, I try to do everything that I need to. But... It's definitely altered my whole lifestyle. I can imagine, you know, trying to take care of yourself <laughs> and having the responsibility of taking care of someone else. Right. Better yet, being married with that big kid. Right. <laughs> Not one, but four more, you know? I mean, you know, and so many people don't understand those aspects. That everybody's lupus is different, but then when you get to this level, you know, I always tease because I have one of my friends that I like to call her, um, you know, X-Man. I call him level seven lupus. You know, now you're in that level now. Yeah. You know, you're in that level because it requires even more. I'm blessed that I'm able to get up and have my pains here and there, work through and go. I don't have to hook up to a machine at night. I don't have to make sure, you know, I'm plugged in. Right. You know, and, and folks don't realize that. That's some of the things, like, it's funny that we're talking right now. I'm actually um, promoting and trying to talk a little bit more about clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And we all know that if we do things like research, your mom going and getting tested, that's right. that's like an experiment. Right. You know, is she a match? The folks we're asking to go get tested, you know, and see right. if they're doing that is basically a medical research thing to see what's going yeah. on. And so many of us are scared of that. Yeah. are scared of that. Um, do you remember what your opinion was of clinical trials before you were diagnosed with lupus? Did you ever think about that? No. I When I first was diagnosed with lupus, and every time I went to my rheumatologist, they wanted to do a clinical trial. They wanted to do a trial of this, a trial of that, a trial of this. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, no. You know, and then as I started, as the years went by, I was like, you know what? I need to do these trials because it could possibly something. save the next person. Yep. I don't want the next person to go through 13 years of what I've been through, you know. Yeah. So it's definitely good that they do these trials and see what works and what doesn't work so it can help the next person. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. So as you were getting prepared, and again, I'm coming a little bit from the previous interview we had. Mm -hmm. As you were getting prepared to say, oh, gosh, i got to go on dialysis. I gotta go do this, things like this. All the my whole life is getting ready to change. Did you sit down with your family and make a list, or did you just jump right in and say, "Let me see what happens"? With the dialysis. With the dialysis. 
No, I was very adamant that I was not doing dialysis. Mm. Like, very adamant that I wasn't doing it. There was no way I was going to sit in a clinic with all these other people. I just was adamant that I wasn't going to do it. And then when reality hit, I'm like, I have to make a decision. And so my nephrologist, you know, way before I even started dialysis, I had the procedure done to get the catheter placed in my abdomen. I had that done in February of this year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just do it. Whatever he wants to do, I'll just do it. But I know I'm never going to have to use it. So basically, I just got it done to please mm -hmm. the doctor. Mm -hmm. So when reality hit, it was like, wow, you know, I got to do this in order to live. You know, I got my three babies that need me. So regardless of the fact, I have to do it. You have to do it. And so now the planning it. comes now instead right. of before because you were adamant about it. Exactly. I'm not going to have to plan anything. Right. Exactly. I'm going to be all right. right. And, that, and it's okay to stay yeah. positive. But yeah. at least you were ready for that next step. Right. Ready for that next step. That's it. So... Tell me again, where is it placed? Like where? where it's is it? like placed right here on my side, right here, and does it have the love handles? No, it actually <laughs> makes another love handle. You know, which I don't have many. You know, y'all know I'm already skinny, but anyway, uh -huh. it's actually placed right here. I'm just gonna lift up my little T-shirt right here, and if you guys can see, I'm you not sure. Can, I'm not sure if you can see the no, little. No, I'm bit. not sure if you can not see, too, but. I'm going to this stand up just to show you that this is real. This is real. This so, is real. Mm -hmm. This is where this catheter is placed. So every night I have to put this and hook it up to a machine. And it's actually an extension. And I have to do this eight and a half hours every night on this machine in order to be healthy, in order to continue to be healthy. So, you know... I absolutely hate it. I really, really do. And I, it's like know, a love-hate relationship. Like I said, it is a love-hate relationship. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, it because yeah. it's keeping me alive, but I hate it because it's it's a restriction. It's, you know, but... Tell me, how, how do you keep it clean? How do you have to keep that area clean? Every day after I get out of the shower, I actually have to take gauze with antibacterial soap. Mm -hmm. And I actually have to, you know, soaking it up and clean around the exit site area. And I have this cream that I have to put on it every day. So every day after I shower, I do change it and everything. And one thing about peritoneal dialysis is you have to be very, very clean. Like before I, before I touch this, before I do anything with it, I have to wash my hands. I have to put on masks. I have disinfectant um, liquid that I have to put on the sponges. It's just so much. I have to turn off my air conditioning because you don't want the germs flying. flying. Yeah, it's, it's just like, so much stuff and you really have to be careful or you will get an infection and um, to be honest I actually got an infection like two weeks after I was on, maybe like a month after I was on dialysis and the infection really put me down like mm -hmm. I couldn't eat mm -hmm. I mean I was in a bed for like four days straight, it was really really bad so with this you know, with this type of dialysis, which there are more than one type, you know, it's peritoneal and hemodialysis, which you get the fistula in your arm and you go to the clinic. But with peritoneal, you really have to be extra, extra careful and you have to be really clean. But I chose this so I can be home with my family. That's why I chose the peritoneal dialysis, so I can be home with my family. And I didn't want to be, you know, have to go sit in the clinic for four hours a day, three days a week. And actually, peritoneal dialysis, it actually cleans you out more. So with this type of dialysis, you actually feel better. You feel better, more toxins are removed. So that's another reason why I chose this type of dialysis. And it sounds like, you know, you have to pay attention to everything around 
Uh, yeah, and, and let me say right here now that um, Tanisha's going to do a list of a lot of the the things you went through, what you liked, what you didn't like, and just to give a warning list that we'll get out to everyone. If you signed up on the link with your email and some information, we'll get that out to everyone a bit later, and you can get in touch with Tanisha. But me listening to this part, only because I also have another friend that actually has lupus nephritis, and she lost her legs due to infections. And for you saying and reinforcing right now how important it is that you have to be careful. You have to put the mask on. You have to turn the air conditioner off and all that kind of stuff. I mean, wow. that, that is, That's a life changer right there. You know, I'm forgetting sometimes when I didn't touch something and put my fingers in my eyes. And you can get an infection. Just that simple. Just that simple. And not to mention the money. Okay, gauzes. You just said cream. Every little thing costs money. Mask. Yeah. Oh, the amount goodness. of paper towels I go through cleaning every day. The my table I have to clean it with bleach. I have to clean my machine with bleach. I have to. It's. I mean, it's just so much stuff you don't even think about. Like, I mean, just a little stuff. Like, I have to close the door. The kids can't be in the room with me. It's just a lot of stuff. But you want to live? Of course. So, I had to live. I believe I'm sorry. I have no choice. You gave me one of those favorite lines that says it's about you don't get it. Um, you no me? one gets it until they get it. No one gets it until they get it. I no can talk all it. day long about lupus and how it makes me feel and I hate it, but if you don't have it or if you don't have a family member who suffers from it, you honestly probably don't care, you know? Mm. But you don't get yeah. it until you get it. It's funny you said that because a lot of the posts that I would have on Facebook, so many folks would be like, are you crazy? I wouldn't give this to my worst enemy. You don't know about, you know, we're angry. Right. They're angry. They're angry. Just, your life has changed, so you don't know what else to do but to be angry. Right. You got a question out there for us already? Okay. We thought we were getting a question already from everybody. Because I, I I'm not able to reach over there and push it up a little bit. But <laughs> um, but you will be able to answer some questions on this. Right. For, yeah. So if anyone has any major questions, she'll be happy to answer the questions. Because only she can answer these questions. When you're living through it, and you're, you know, you're living through that and things. Tanisha, you have to be brave to be able to sit and talk about it, show what it looks like and what it's going through. Because it becomes, sometimes our lupus is not personal anymore. No. Oh, goodness. It ain't personal no more. It's not. I, you got to wage not. what you're going to say when you're at work. You got to wage, like, do I right. want to say this? Exactly. Or do I just want to say the flu? But right. do I want to just say, I mean, when you know you're constantly sick and not feeling well, but you even get tired of <laughs> being tired. tired. You, you don't feel well. Because yeah. then people, oh, she don't feel well again today. Again but you today. don't know. I, today I feel fine. Tomorrow I wake up and I I, I feel like a truck hit me. You know, I'm going to pause right there, though. <laughs> With the definition of fine for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, it's a totally yeah. different Ooh. Definition for yeah. fine for a normal person. <laughs> there you go. It's so yeah, yeah. yeah. We, what we wouldn't give, you know, just talking right now, things of sort. So let me ask you: um, Have the doctors given you like an estimated time, or you're just definitely having to wait for those to constantly go get tested? Or if I mean, I have had several people call me, inbox me, text me, asking me, you know, what's the information I'm going to register. And I'm so grateful for those people. Some of those people aren't even family members. Um, two of those were just co-workers of mine, you know, just, just co-workers. So there are some really, really good people still out there that's willing 
you know, to do it. Just like this one girl told me, she was like, I have two. Why not donate one? Why not share? <laughs> so, you know, and, you know, it was just my coworker, you mm -hmm. know, not, you know, we weren't even really quote unquote friends, mm -hmm. but, you know, it really Keep warmed my heart it. that she was willing to do that. But if I don't find a living donor, the doctor, um, Augusta Transplant Center estimated I'll be about 37 before I get a cadaver kidney and that's in five years. I'm currently 32 and that's, that'll mean I'll be waiting five years to get a deceased kidney. So, you, so you're saying if anything else, I'll be on a machine every night. And there's some folks that are out there now that can't do the things that you're doing. You know, even getting up and driving over here and us talking. But you'll be on a machine for five years if you don't get a living donor. Correct. Now, I was reading somewhere, though, about, like, if I want to donate and things like that, that it doesn't cost me to donate. It, does, it doesn't cost me to donate. Um, oh, someone just gave us a little message there and said, I feel sick every day. Um, and I believe that Miss Patman, ah, uh, ever since she's been 16 years old. Okay. So, she has one. <laughs> we got our little assistant over here. Did, did I open that one? You know, she was so good. Now, I opened one. And I thought she Which was one? There, there you go. We having fun giving out some water right here. But we, if we have any major questions, we'll definitely take those. And Tanisha will help answer some. But I was reading somewhere, too, about the fact that I forgot where I left off at. See, so just fog is hitting. Crazy. But one thing I know is that if you... Oh, if you do, if you do have it on your license, a lot of times I hear folks say, well, um, I'm not putting that on my license. Because if I get sick and I get in a car wreck, they ain't going to try to revive me. That is a myth. They ain't going to try to save me. They are legally bound to save right. your life in all ways possible right. before trying to cut out or do anything right. like that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah There's a lot of myths about kidney donation mm -hmm. and you can live with one kidney. You can live with one kidney. They're, they will try to save you if you get in a car accident or whatever the case may be. They will try to save you. They're not going to sell your <laughs> organs to anybody. Um, you know, it's like a black market out there, too, for that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I tell you. Life is precious, though. Yeah, it is. It's very it precious. Is. It's very precious. You know, if I didn't have all this thing that they call lupus, I'd try to... Try to go get this or not. But they might tell, they might flunk me before I oh, get yeah. past the door. Disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> Qualified for all that other stuff. Because I got it. Right. I get got it. it. Yeah. I got it. I get it. Yeah. So, what what's going to be next for you? What's going to be next for you? You know, this is what I'm going to be doing. You're such a great advocate. You know, folks who out there know you, they know that you advocate for lupus awareness. You advocate for for real. You You want things to be right. Yeah, everybody held that noise beginning around here. I'm right by the school with some of What where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> well, in five years the perfect background music. <laughs> I see myself off that machine for mm. one. Go girl. Um, mm -hmm. living a much healthier lifestyle mm -hmm. than I do now or than I did once before. Mm -hmm. Um I see myself being a very big, even more bigger lupus advocate. You know, I hope to be going to different cities, spreading awareness, you know, speaking to people, motivating people, blessing people, you know, just uplifting people because so many people 
don't want to talk about it. So many people are, I'm not going to say shameful, but they're scared. They're scared. A lot of people are scared, and I was scared at once too, but after 13 years, you have to toughen up. It's like you know, whatever at this sometimes point. Sometimes I have to talk to this lupus and like, not today, you know. It's me, it's me and you, but you ain't going to win today. Heaven is dream. You're never going to yeah. win. Yeah. So, but it, it's hard. It's very hard. Um, but, you know, you have to live each day. You know, you got you to have some fight in your system. Because yeah. you can't let this thing tear you down. If you do, you, you won't win. You, you really won't win. And, you know, I've been blessed because I have seen a lot of, you know, people with lupus have way more complications than I have. Not to say that, you know, I haven't had any complications because I have. Um, and those of, have. you know, who, you know, those of, you know, those of y'all, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little tongue-tied. Those <laughs> of y'all who know me and know what I went through the past 13 years, you know, y'all know I've had blood clots. I've had shingles. Mm -hmm. I've had, um points where I had um, blood transfusions time after time in and out of the hospital seizures I mean just just a lot the, the list goes on and on and on and I can't even remember half of the stuff but anyway it's you know lupus is real and that's you made why, it through each of them and I made where you are right now by the grace of God yes by the, nobody <laughs> but him nobody yes. but him. you made it through each of them yeah. right. so, and you're able to tell and share with others about your experience and what you're going through and that's what a lot of folks want to hear they they want to know that it's going to be okay right. so many are still so scared it's amazing the types of questions that will pop up on the page like will i die you know what that one right there let's let's go ahead and let's just let's let's talk about this will i die look if god wants you he gonna, he gonna take you. you so stop stop just stop worrying right. and it's a shame though that when folks we're still in that gap of time that when folks hear lupus, they go, oh, my such and such died from yeah, that. Yeah. And, and please, I'm so thing. sorry to hear that. That's always the first I thing. Know. I'm sorry to hear that too, but that's not the first thing I want to hear. That's not the first thing. When I tell Say you that, that you're I aware. Hey, there we go. We got, some, we got another guest coming in. Again. That's at least saying that I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. But I do want you to know that a relative or something passed. Right. Because we need that information. Right. You know, I have a relative that passed. From the disease, but but I hate that that's the only encounter that they've they met. That that's the only encounter that a lot of them have because we still haven't gotten it out right. to the world yet. You know, um, it, it's just amazing how we're trying to get it out to the world, get that information there. And I thank you for for this part right here. I do, I do. But I I, I know by having a chance to have seen your kids and your hubby and stuff that I know a lot of that is what keeps you smiling yeah. and going in the morning. Yeah, yeah. buddy, you yeah. play that lupus yeah. card on him. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> but he got it on record now. He got it on record now. Yeah. But um, I'm just thankful to have the opportunity to even hear your story and the types of things you're going through because. Mine's is a little bit different. Everybody's different. It's, it's always going to be different. But the one thing we can say that's the same is that the struggle. Is real. <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle is real. You want to tell us tell us your um, your Facebook name again, because I'm also going to make sure anyone who put their emails um, inbox me their email addresses is going to get information from you, like your 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 what you didn't like, what you did like, and tips and tricks as you're going through this process. We want to make sure everybody's informed as much as possible. So. Let's get your Facebook name again. 
my Facebook name. Just go to Tanisha Davis Smalls, and you can inbox me. You can send me a message, whatever, and I'll get in contact with you. And I'll also share that for those who um, want that information. I'll also share that on my page, too. What, Tanisha, anything else you want to tell us before we wrap up? No. Because we can talk all night. Yes, we can talk all night. But if any of you guys have any questions, um, I don't care what it could possibly, you can ask me any questions. I'll be um, honest with you. I'll share it with you. I'll respond back, whatever it is. If there are any lupus survivors out there that need someone to talk to, chat with, um, encourage them, you can always contact me. I'm always available. Um, so just feel free to contact me. Thanks for watching. I love you guys. Awesome, awesome. Aren't you guys unscripted? Just talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to let us know if you'd like some more information about it. Till next time. Bye. <laughs>